0: Hi there, this is Matt Wakeling, and you're listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. This is the show that I produce in Sydney, Australia, where I speak to leading guitarists and guitar figures from all around the world. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, today is our NAM wrap up. Now, this happens every year. NAM happens in January. I do a wrap up in around April. Now, what I tell everyone is that, you know, a lot of the gift from NAM isn't available until April, May. June or beyond, but the truth is it just takes me a long time to get my act together and do this. I'm joined by my good friend Michael Ross from Nashville. He's joined us on this show a few times, both talking about his own career and giving us a NAM wrap-up, The Bird's Eye View. I'm also joined by my friend Gavin Moore from Coat Guitars, fantastic guitar and amp technician, and uh, we give our armchair view of NAM. Having a look via the World Wide Web and checking out the gear and having a yak about stuff that that caught our eye. So good times. Going to kick off with Michael and then we'll continue from there. Let's jump in. I usually run a couple of months late. I, I always think, gee, I should get off this early, but uh, I, I never do. But the uh, the name catch up.
1: Yeah, well, I can make you feel better. But what I do to make myself feel better about being late on it is. You know the other joke about Nam that Nam stands for not available maybe March.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, well, it's become more like not available maybe May. Yes. So yeah. most of the stuff I saw at Nam hasn't shipped yet. You know, so I mean, to tell people about it in February when they can't get it doesn't you know starts to make less and less sense. Totally. And in general, in general, Nam is making less and less sense. I mean, my. The big takeaway from Nam this year was that it was kind of a nightmare. Um, it was so crowded and so noisy that you couldn't talk to anybody. You couldn't hear anything.
0: Okay. You know.
1: Um, you know, and if the whole point is to have the makers demonstrate their wares to. Um, to buyers and press, you know, buyers from music stores and press, which is theoretically the point of the whole exercise, um, that was kind of an exercise in futility because, you know, I mean, if I wanted to talk to somebody, they were probably, and I, well, let me back up. I mean, I think part of the reason from just, you know, it's not scientific, but I talked to a lot of people who were there and it's a general feeling is it's too easy to get a NAM So what you see is a lot of kids who seemingly, you know, they they, a music store gets four or five badges and hands it out to customers, you know, maybe good customers, maybe their kids, you know, the sales staff, whatever. But so you've got all these kids running around. And by kids, I mean, you know, I'm 100 years old, so a kid to (laughs) me isn't under 40. But I'm talking about kids, you know, people in their 20s, who don't look like they're the buyer for a store. And, you know, I know a lot of the press people, so I know they're not, you know, when I'm in a guitar booth, I know they're not with the guitar press, at least in the United States. And you know press people because they have cameras, they have badges, they have, you know, you know it's a press person when they're in the booth. Sure. But when it's some old guy sitting there, you know, wanking away um, at, at the highest volume they'll let him for as long as they let him, you know, it's not you know either a buyer for a store or a uh, or a press, which makes it difficult. You know, especially when you got to cover a lot of ground and you don't want to have to be there for four days. Sure. Um, so that was that was a big part of it um, for me this year. was just being able to get around, being able to hear anything, being able to see anything. That said, it, the other aspect is it seems like they weren't releasing as much new stuff. As you usually say, January is usually new stuff time, But the other trend that I've noticed is that people are releasing new stuff all year round. You know, I mean, the Internet and YouTube has made kind of everything else about the music business obsolete. You know, if if, if a company wants to put out a new product, and they put up some good YouTube demos and they send it to the appropriate people like Pete Thorne or that pedal yeah, show. Yeah. Guys. And if they can get it on those shows, you know, and, and Brett, what's his name? Uh, the Australian. Yeah, guy. Brett Kingman. Yep. Yeah, Brett Kingman. Great. And, uh, you know, these guys will do a demo. The store owners are all well aware of those demos. Their customers are well aware of those demos. You know, I mean, why spend thousands of dollars to go to NAM or even exhibit at NAM mm-hmm. if you can, you know, if you can just get your stuff out there another way? So it's going to be interesting how it shakes out in the next couple of years in terms of. I mean, you know, also that said, you know, there were plenty of people there, there were um, plenty of exhibitors there. It's interesting to see that you know the some of what. Smaller pedal, what were boutique pedal companies, small boutique pedal companies that were downstairs in Hall E are now up on the main floor with fairly big, Chase Bliss has a huge booth. Yeah, wow. Amazing. Such a, you know, I mean, they're great pedals. Everybody seems to love them. They're expensive and so, but somehow you know, he's, he has a big booth on the main floor. So, but in terms of new stuff, actually, now that mention it um i was gonna go let me open my uh my photos is that obscuring my face no no not at all okay it's obscuring your face but i'm just going to uh look at my photos to refresh my memory of what was there that was new um i just did a review of the pigtronics new uh infinity looper 2
0: yeah tell me about that
1: are you familiar with their loop, Infinity Looper the One. The original one, yeah, definitely. Yeah, great Looper, and and for me, what it has been is, I could never nail that timing on trying to do a rhythmic loop with a Line Six DL4. You know, I mean, it was always a little off because there's a lag in the foot switch that you have to learn. You know, and it's hard enough for me to hit it on the beat, let alone <laughs> play. I hit it slightly off the beat where, you know, where it's going to catch. Him. Sure. But Infinity has always been great about that. They're switching is instantaneous. And the looper two is tiny. You know, uh, it's like the size of a MXR stomp box, maybe, but, you know, turned around. And uh, it's a dual looper. It's geared mostly. I mean, you can do ambient stuff with it. You can do cool stuff. You can do peripatronics because it has a decay thing but it seems like it's geared really to the people who do do a lot of rhythmic looping and songs.
0: Okay, yep.
1: You know, because on one, one loop, you know, then do the chorus, go over to the chorus, do the chorus on the second loop, and then go back and forth. And if you even want to put a bridge in, you could go back and um, you can undo the first loop while everything's going along. While I think while the second loop, loop is playing, you can un- maybe undo the first loop Okay. And then do a bit on there, and then go back to the chorus. I mean, you can do stuff like that. It's really geared to that, and it's 200 bucks, and, you know, it seems felt like a rock. And it's, uh, you can also do wet-dry, so you can um, affect your loops separately, which is really cool. Yeah, nice. uh, um, yeah it's great. And uh, Supra also had this Conquistador guitar that I reviewed for the guitar player. That's really cool. I mean, it has that supra shape, but it's like a 335 size and hollow, you know, semi-hollow. And it's got um, one gold foil and one supposedly PAF-style humbucker, but it, it sounds a little more mid-range to me. Okay. You know, and the only thing I got to hear this is because I reviewed it, and they sent it. I mean, there was no, kind of no hearing it at the show. Uh, you took it home. Uh, that's the way to do it. Yeah, well, they sent it. They sent it to me after the show. David uh, David Kultai is amazing. I mean, he's he's posting Facebook posts. He's the only guy. He's in the he's in the he goes into the factory now. And he's he's putting everything together and shipping everything. He's he's just an amazing, uh, really driven guy. And he's been doing great, and coming up with great stuff. Um, if there was a trend that I saw. At the show, and it's not new, but it seems to be growing. It's that that kind of uh, not necessarily headless guitars, but the multi-string guitars with the slanted fretboards. Yep. okay. And headless. Uh, I'm trying to remember the names of the companies. Off the uh, there was one called Class. Um, there's one. i uh, see if I Strandberg, I guess, is the big
0: name. Yeah, sure, sure.
1: And Toshi...
0: Uh, What's his name? Toshi Abasi?
1: Is it? Toshi Abasi, yeah, yeah. He has his And There's another one called Dark Matter. They were just all over the place. Mm-hmm. Which seems, you know, since I have that website, Guitar Modern, and I'm always interested in, you know, what the future of guitar is going to be like, um, it seems this is one direction it's headed. You know, just more and more people playing playing that kind of stuff. I mean, I guess Pliny, those guys are from Australia.
0: Yes, yeah, he's amazing. He's a Strandberg guy.
1: Yeah, and uh, and that, you know, there just seems to be a lot of that stuff out there. Uh, whether those guys ever get any women at their gigs would be interesting to <laughs> see um, That's I saw, another...
0: I saw Pliny in Sydney, um, uh, I don't know, maybe 18 months ago, and that was a hometown gig for him. So there was a, a very wide range of, of family and friends and, and fans, I think. But, yeah, 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 The whole progressive scene, it's
1: it's still... Well, fun. it's guitar. It's a metal guitar. And, yeah,
0: yeah. You know,
1: I, I, once, uh, I once posted a video, reposted a video, somebody posted of Robin Ford playing at a wedding. Yes. I guess for a friend. Yeah. And, of course, the joke was that's more women than you'll ever see at a Robin Ford <laughs> Which is not entirely true. You know, he's living in Nashville now.
0: Yeah, but I've heard that. Well, wow.
1: Yeah, I see him all the time. Yeah, oh, yeah he's cool. loving it. He's doing so great. It's great to see. He's really happy. Awesome. Um, so I'm looking to see what else was interesting. You know, it's not new, but he had a booth on down in Hall E, and I don't know if you guys. He's doing a European version. It's called, I think, called the Brown Box. You ever heard of it? No. I don't know what the voltage in the walls in Australia is like, but in Nashville it's a nightmare. I mean, you know, amps have been built for a hundred, maybe a hundred I mean hundred and ten, hundred and eighteen volts.
2: Yeah. Classic
1: amps amps. Yeah. I'll get you know, a hundred and thirty, almost a sometimes more, hundred and fifty volts coming out of the wall. Wow. In so I was going through tubes, and this guy makes, and everybody else was too. And this guy makes this thing called a brown box, and you can, you plug it in, it won't, it won't increase the voltage. Like you can't use it like an Eddie Van Halen thing to drive, but it will decrease the voltage.
0: Okay. So I,
1: anyway, I can bring my voltage down to 118, 114 volts, which saves tubes. And in my case, I appreciate. The headroom, you know, the I think it gives me extra headroom, okay, which yeah, I like. That's cool. Um, let's see what else was there. Um, source audio, who full disclosure I rep in Nashville, yeah, you're still doing that, um, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, they're doing great, and it's it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, they had the last year, I don't know if we spoke last year, but last year seemed to be the year of the synth pedal, okay, yeah, um, yeah been a series on that now for electronic musician Um, and they're finally shipping the C4 which is an amazing pedal but what they were showing at the show is their EQ pedal programmable EQ pedal was one of their biggest sellers and they're discontinuing the original version and bringing out a new version that uh, but of course that's not going to be out till April. Um,
0: Perfect timing for us to do our Nam coverage. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well,
1: hopefully, yeah, hopefully they'll get it shipped with all this stuff going on. But, uh, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, people love their, I think Dave Gilmore had a bunch of the first ones, because if you're doing any kind of rack system, you know, you can you can just set an EQ for, you know, a different EQ for all your patches, if you, you can your patches. Yeah,
0: that's cool. I remember him, um, I remember seeing like rows of Boss G7s on top of his, uh, on top of his rack when he used to EQ different things very specifically. So I can imagine he'd be loving something like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he can get rid of some of those and, and just you know program this to do um, all the different things that he needs. Um, Red Panda, who's one of my sponsors, they brought out the Particle 2 this year. Oh, okay, Um cool. They're, I mean, they're, I'm so amazed and heartened, and Kurt is just a great guy, um, and uh, they're doing so well, and, um, you know, the thing about the original Red Panda is it, you can get so many great sounds, but you'd have to do, redial them up every time you, every time you, you know, wanted to go back to it and that could be tricky so now it's uh, programmable and there's a lot of new new um, features in that yeah, as a matter cool. of fact I've hanging out at um, I went up to Adrian Blue's house he lives near here um, and he was originally going to be going on tour this summer with Jerry Harrison to do a, the 40th anniversary of the talking heads remain in the light record. Oh. So they were going to be doing a tour behind that without David Byrne, but you know with uh, him and Jerry and uh, some people. And uh, he was going to be using the source audio. He was going back to pedals, you know, going away from his Axe Effects and oh, okay. going back to pedals because he, um, you know, he was explaining on a festival he's only got a couple of minutes to set up. He can't set up his whole Axe Effects unit, you know, with the monitors just right, and that's yeah, yeah. he's going to. Board, and then he's building a bigger pedal board. And he was really into the particle, um, and was just waiting. When I saw him, I was helping him with the Kingmaker, the Source Audio Kingmaker, because it has a gate in it, the fuzz, and he, you know, he couldn't find a fuzz that also had a gate that he liked. So we set him up with that. Um, uh, Game changer. You're familiar with them, right? The uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, um, they had a reverb this year that was pretty amazing. Also, it uses some sort of light to.
0: I saw that. I saw their Bigsby pedal as well,
1: which looked crazy. But um,
0: yeah, what what was the deal with that reverb?
1: Um, it's it just it it's typical, you know, game changer. They it does reverb, but because they're using this optical thing to do it. It gets sounds you've never heard before. You know, I mean, once again, like everything else, I wasn't really able to hear it there because it was too crazy and noisy for the most part. Um, but I've seen uh, demos. There's demos online. It's really, it's really fascinating. You know, it doesn't, you like said it doesn't sound like anything else. Uh, and I, I didn't even see the Bigsby pedal there. I think they didn't have a working model. They had the concept there. Okay. But they uh. But they didn't have a working model for that. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember something called the Wing. Um, it was you could put it on your guitar, and it was a MIDI controller. Oh yeah, yeah, and you, you covered
0: that a little while back. Yeah, I
1: covered it a time ago, but it never really took off. I mean, I you know it was not easy to put on and take off. It was it was iffy. But the guy who helped develop that was there with a. Uh, A MIDI guitar that he built. He built the original MIDI guitar from Moldover, who was this, uh, okay, a mate controller guitarist guy. And, uh, so he's building those custom and they're really amazing. It's got a whammy bar on it that is a controller. So you can control a pitch shift or an axe effects or like that. So you can make it go down. So cool. Yeah, it, it was. It was really amazing and he had some friend of his there that he built this midi mandolin for and that guy was doing a demo with through a computer and sounding just amazing amazing sounds um uh, thorpy pedals you know those guys yeah UK. yeah they've got the field marshal which is uh is he worked with the original love tone guy who did the what was it, the meatball I think it was oh, no the, uh, the cheese sauce? The big cheese big cheese that's it the big cheese and um, you know other people have released clones of that but he worked with the actual guy <laughs> and um, to do the field marshal and that thing sounds amazing let's see what am I oh uh, I just I reviewed the uh, jam pedals delay llama. So I did get to hear that. That that was new at the show. And they've had the delay llama for a while, but this version has control. It, It has, it's analog delay, but it has digital control of the delay time. So they have settings where it will, you can set it up to kind of sequence the delay time and get pitch, it'll change the pitch. You know, when you change the delay time on an analog delay, the pitch changes. So this will change that pitch in sequenced manner, very controlled and, you know, or crazy manner. So you can get like vibrato effects. You can get, um, you can get sequenced effects and, but, and there's other pedals, other delay pedals that have done that, but they weren't analog. They were digital. Like you, you can do stuff like that with the source audio Nemesis and, you know, and it sounds good and that's a good sounding pedal, but, the delay lama sounds amazing i mean you know because it's analog it just sounds gorgeous and so that was that was a really interesting battle but oh yeah the winner from my point of view, and the champion of the show was the ranger minibar metal. have you seen anything about that no tell me more it's spectacular it's tiny, it's a mini pedal, but within that mini pedal, it's a distortion. But in that mini pedal, there's a little plastic, like almost pill cup with a cover on it. And you put liquid in that cup and put it into the pedal, and depending on the liquid you put in it, the pedal sounds different. You know, if you put clear <laughs> one way, like, you know, or alcohol, or pure alcohol, or water. You know, it will sound, but but alcohol will sound different than water, which will sound different than you know hydrogen peroxide, or and then coffee will sound different than rum or scotch. Or you can mix them together and put it in there. And every single type of liquid or combination of liquids sounds different. Which you know, it sounds like a gimmick, and it kind of is, except that. From everything I've heard, whatever you put, I mean, if you're into kind of normal and or crazy fuzz distortion sounds, it sounds really good. So, you know, for in the studio, I mean, live, you'd have to pick one. Although if he sells extra cups, you could, you know, buy separate little cups and have them stored. And for a different tune, you take one out, you know, take the vodka one out and put the the (laughs) coffee And it it sounds amazing. I mean, it's just so ingenious and so brilliant that it made it. Yeah, it made the trip. It it virtually made the trip worth it for me. And I didn't even get to really hear it at the show. I just <laughs> I just saw it and then watched the demos online. Andy does a great demo um, because amazing. he actually has two of them, so he can you can hear it side by side. You can hear one liquid in one, and one liquid in the other.
0: We we've it's, said this before, but I I just love it that there are still crazy guys out there in pedal land building this stuff and bringing it to an M or or you know getting it out there somehow. It, um, yeah, it's heartening that that people are there's the mad professors still still creating all this stuff when you think you've seen it all.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and even uh, what I find even more heartening is they're doing really well. I mean, you know, Red Panda makes almost nothing but crazy pedals, you know, that do odd stuff like the Tensor and the Red Panda. And, you know, the Context Reverb is apparently doing really well, and it's a reverb, but it's he's got a new version of that coming out. Um, but he's doing great. I mean, he just moved to a bigger facility. Uh, Jamie and Julie at Earthquaker are doing you know, I mean, Jamie does, you know, he accedes to people's demands for tube driver type pedals. But given his free reign, he does all these, you know, whacked out the rainbow machine and, and stuff like that. And, and the Afterneath, which I didn't get to that yet, but they have a version three now, which is a unique reverb pedal. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Anthony, Anthony Perogues and a band called The Aesthetics. You have to check that out. Um, what's the Ant- name again? The band is called the Mesthetics. It's M-E-S-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. Okay. Anthony uh, Anthony is kind of new generation Nels Klein. He is he is his he can play any kind of music. He you know he can play country, but he can play but he can play. Full-on avant-garde stuff, and he gets amazing sounds and has amazing chops. And uh, he's a big After fan, and he's been using the old one because it has it has these special knobs that do weird things to it. And now it there, there's a uh, I'm trying to remember what the let's uh, see if I can find a picture of it. I have a pedal here somewhere, um, but they. Um, it, you can now control the strangeness with a, an expression pedal, and you can control it. It's like a pitch thing, and you can control it in steps and make it go through steps, and you can get amazing sounds out of it, very, very different sounds. Um, yeah, and, and so Earthquaker's been doing that for years, and he's, he's still at it. And Given free reign, he'd be happy to, uh, to do nothing but that, I think um but let's see who else i don't know if there was anything else wacky there that struck me um sure
0: and i don't wanna um i don't want to steal your guitar modern thunder either with your with your annual review which is always fun so we'll oh that's fine that. it'll be uh
1: you know i'm still working on it that'll be a separate separate entity. And, you know, I'll be posting videos of all this stuff so mm-hmm. people can actually hear them because, you know, a lot better than they would at NAMM. Sure. Um, you know, a more traditional area, I guess, a retro area. I mean, Gibson, you know, they were taken over by new people.
2: Yeah.
1: And they're, really, I think they're working really hard to bring that company back. I mean, JC, the guy who's the head of it, who came over from Levi's really seems like he cares. Um, they've got people who love guitars at the top, and it's starting to show. I mean, they had they had Trini Lopez reissues at the show; which looked great. And they had a wall of Firebirds that were just all in all these custom colors that right. just looked. You know, the, they're trying to keep the prices reasonable. Um, I don't know if I ever told you about. Uh, this company, Knob. I don't know if I reported yeah. about them. that. That was this guy from New York, Long Island, who was, you know, he's a great guy. And he's the classic, you know, he seems like he stepped out of Sopranos. You know, this <laughs> great, great guy. And he came up with this idea for this knob that you put on your pedals. Because we're all dealing with this, you know, you build a pedal board, unless you really have it well-protected, even if you do, sometimes somebody will hit a knob, they'll move it. You know, some people put little pieces of tape to show where they want it. Um, but these, you put it on, and it locks in place. You know, and it's spring-loaded, so you pull it up, you can turn it, but when you drop it down, the spring pulls it down, and it won't move. And I thought it was a phenomenal idea. and He's worked really hard after years. And um, the Dario, I guess either bought them out or is, uh, distributing it now. So you can get it through the area. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. It's a great idea just for anybody who has pedals, especially guys, you know, who don't have pedal boards, which in New York actually is a big thing. You know, people don't, they just want to throw all their pedals in the bag and they set them up. Um, and then they're definitely bound to get moved. And if you have a place you like on them, it's great to, uh, to have that. Um, Line six had the Pod go there, which is their new effects pedal board, which I also just got to go through. Nice. So I got to go through it. Yeah, it's 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 really cool. It works really well. It sounds the effects sound great. Uh, the amps sound really good. It's the A it's the HX what do they call it HX yeah, um, yeah. technology in it. So you know they've come a long way. I mean. As I said in my review, I mean, I did I did a record 20 years ago using mostly the original Pop. Ah, because that
0: the red one, the little kidney bean.
1: Yeah, the little kidney bean one, and this they've it's definitely come a long way, you know. I mean, in terms of using, it's what I always say about modeling. You know, I mean, you could use this if you're doing a fly date. You could use the amp models. You need to work with them a little bit. um, you know, I, 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 what I discovered, and my one caveat, which I told them about, is the amps have a cabinet model in it, and you can adjust. They have a treble roll-off in the cabinet model. A lot of amps, but the default setting they left it at was 8k. You know, and most speakers don't go above 5k. So. know you're uh, my initial impression listening to these amps is that there's a little they're a little bit gritty on the top a little digitally a little sharp a little edgy we'll call it what you want it's it's, it doesn't sound like what i hear an amp sound but sure enough you go into it and you drop that 8k down to 5k and boom it's there all of a sudden everything much realer and i'm not you know i'm not the only one who's discovered this um uh, there was a guy, you know, I started looking around YouTube for guys who are using this stuff. And uh, I, th- I think it's Red Shull. Now, Red Shull, he drops it down to 8K on his Helix. So that may, you know, may sound different either to him or what he's monitoring it through or something. Yeah, sure. But, uh, so he seems okay with 8K, but uh, I found I needed to pull it down to 5K. But then also, when I mean, using the, um, using the effects through a regular amp, it sounds amazing, and you can use the amps as kind of glorified distortion units, you know, or just to change the change the um, character of the amp you're playing through. So you could be playing through a Fender Twin, but you use their Marshall head without a speaker cabinet. You can even use it going direct into the front of the amp and it will, you know, depending on how you set it, it will give you more of the characteristics of the Marshall going into the Fender. So it's, yeah, it's a great, it's a great unit and it's small and built like a tank. um, What else? What else? Uh, It wasn't, you know, that's pretty much the stuff that impressed me. Um, Sure. I don't know if you, uh, you're uh, on YouTube uh, with a guitar player, singer Naya Azumi.
0: Don't think so.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I discovered him through YouTube uh, years ago, like two or three years ago, and at that time, he was just posting YouTube's of him playing on the streets of Los Angeles, and you know, doing he does tapping. Uh-huh. and kind of funky playing and sings um and i thought this guy is amazing so i wrote him up for guitar player and and i was so pleased in the last couple of years he's you know off the streets and touring and uh and he was performing in the fender booth at NAM, so i finally got to see him and meet him in person and and uh and tell him how glad I was that he had um, come as far as he had. I mean, he he. I think he won one of those tiny desk concert things.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. The NPR. Yep.
1: And uh, and that started it all. And then they did a tiny desk concert tour. Um, so it was great to see him. And actually, the the other thing that I saw that really I liked was. Uh, um, There's a company called Luna Guitars, and they're—I guess—they're Chinese, and they're not—I maybe they were there looking for distribution in stores, but you can buy them through Amazon. Mm -hmm. And they're—they're made out of carbon, but they look so modern. I mean, they—and they have built-in amplification, and they use their their back as a kind of speaker system, so you can play with sounds through. I think. Mary Spender did a video about them, and I was mostly just struck by how modern they look. You know, you don't see many acoustic guitars that have that modern, you know, where that have been taken to some new place.
0: Uh-huh.
1: This seems—it just seems really interesting. Oh, uh, I think that was about it. Yeah, you know? that I mean, sounds you
0: know. cool, man. That's that's a good bunch of stuff for. Uh...
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, for someone who said there wasn't much there, I guess, there, you know, there was, and, you know, and that's, and that's just the stuff I was interested in. Yeah, obviously, so. there's, uh, you know, obviously, there's people bringing out new models of this and that, you know, and new new versions of the Tube driver and new, uh, you know, versions of the Telecaster and new versions of the Les Paul. I mean, there were a lot of... Um, there are a lot of another trend that's been around for a couple of years now. People building guitars that look like pawn shop prizes, Yes. Yep. but you know, cost two thousand dollars <laughs> because they're hand.
0: And even, even you know, Fenders right. in on that act now.
1: Yeah, Saul Cole had one that was just great looking. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was uh, that was kind of my name experience. And awesome. you may have seen what's going to happen with Summerman.
0: Yeah, well, that's in your home. Well, it's scheduled to be in your hometown of, of Nashville.
1: Yeah, I think I'm trying to remember when it was scheduled for, if it's June or July. We keep switching the we keep switching the time around on us. Yeah, it's July. It's supposed to be July 9th. Okay, so. well, I guess. I'd help us if we're still fucking our houses by then. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: As you said, you've been reviewing for Guitar Player, which is fantastic. That you're still writing with those guys—it's been a long, a long time. Are you still doing Premier Guitar or any other freelance kind of stuff?
1: I just started doing Premier Guitar again. Um, I've been so busy with Guitar Player since Guitar Player was bought by Future, yeah, um, a year or so ago. You know, they stripped down the permanent staff, so they've been using more freelance stuff so it it was amazing i mean in the last couple of months i got to interview you know three or four of my favorite guitar i mean i did an interview with adrian Belew. i did one with uh with wayne Krantz. i did one with steon wisterhoose if your listeners haven't checked him out they should yeah he's awesome man um his new record is terrific um uh, yeah the the Bastard can sing really well, too. That's a, <laughs> one of those guys. Um, and uh, who else? A bunch of other guys. Uh, so they've been keeping busy, but I just, so I hadn't done anything for a premiere in, I think, about a year. And I just started doing stuff for them again. I just did, uh, it's up online, um, an interview with Louis Shelton. Do you know who he is? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mate, very well yeah, I, jazz fusion. Yeah, I,
1: you know, he, he played the solo on uh, Last Train to Clarksville. He played the solo on Boscatong's Lowdown. He played the solo on uh, Hello by Lionel Richie. And his story is just amazing. I mean, you know, he was one of these guys who just hit the ground running. And was, uh, you know, back in the day when people played and played and played and played. And it's it's a great story, and I just did a new, and I just did another piece feature for them on uh, this guy Jack Broadbent, mm-hmm. who is a, I don't know if you know him. I wasn't aware of him, until no, the publicist pitched me. He's a, uh, he's a, um, you know, he's from Great Britain. His father was in Bram Tchaikovsky. you Remember that then No. Were they were big in Australia. Oh, they were huge. Uh, well, huge. They were a fairly big power pop band in England. And, okay. I think they had a hit in America too, but he's he's been he bus was busking on the streets for about ten years and built up this whole guitar bluesy guitar style and singer songwriter thing. And so he's he's now in the clubs and he just did a record that's been pretty cool. So I did a thing for him, and I have a column every month in Electronic Musician called Electronic Guitar. That's been and going for a while now. Later, Yeah, lately the last couple of I've done series on. um, I did a series on amp modelers um, software, amp modeling software, and got to check out kind of the state of that stuff. And uh, and I still think bias bias FX is still my favorite in that world. And uh, and now I just started a series on guitar synth pedals, and so um, I uh, so far I've done the C4. I don't know if any of this has come out yet, but I did the C4, the Source Audio, and the Boss SY1, the little one. Yeah, yeah. Both of those, in their own ways, are just amazing. I mean, you remember, you know, the old days when I mean guitar synthesizers have been really a hard sell with guitar players, mm. for good reason. Yep. You know, they crack terribly. You had to use an extra pickup on your guitar, all that kind of stuff. Um, but um, they've solved most of the problems. I mean, both of those pedals track amazingly. Um, the C4 is if you want to get in deep and you know you can build your entire an old, your old modular synth system inside that pedal and then play it with your guitar. Um, and if you don't want to do that, the SY1, you know, it has 11 presets and then 11 variations on that. So that's 120 some odd sounds right there. And then you start messing with the filtering, and, you know, there's a whole lot of tones you to can get out of that thing without, you know, having to get into the whole principles of synthesis. Um, and it, so- it sounds great, it tracks amazingly well. So I'll be doing the. Uh, the, some of the simpler ones like the uh, Electroharmonics, MonoSynth, and Keely has one also. Where I'll, where I'll good, you know. So, yeah, all that stuff's keeping me pretty busy. Excellent. Excellent. So,
0: even without the gigs, well, without the gigs, you're now financially ahead, and uh, you sound busy writing and reviewing, so that's really cool.
1: Well, the gigs were fun, though. I mean, you know, I, after five years in Nashville, I joined a traditional country band but we do all original music um and it's really traditional i mean it's old school i mean, mm-hmm. we don't pre brent mason guitar playing. you know yeah, that, well, that's, that's, yeah. yeah which is good for me because i can't do Brent right? <laughs> Mason. Um, uh yeah so that was a lot of fun and i missed doing it because we were playing we were playing all you know some of the clubs and <laughs> in Nashville, the clubs that I've always wanted to play in the last five years, we got into for some reason, they seem to like us. And we had a bunch of gigs booked in April that, by the way, so money notwithstanding, I'm missing playing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I assume you are as well. Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely, I've got some very itchy fingers.
1: Well, that I've, I've been playing a lot of guitar, Uh you know, I mean, at home, um, it's something, you know, as I'm sure the listeners know, it, uh, it's very soothing. You know? and in this time of plague and panic, it's really, it feels good to pick up the guitar and just crank it up.
0: Definitely. If you look online too, it looks like a lot of people are, are using the time, a lot of musicians. All right, let's, let's just make some music again.
1: Yeah, well, that's another interesting, I don't know how much time you want to take, but that's another whole interesting phenomenon. um, Just that everybody's popping up online doing performances. And uh, it's become almost like, well, I mean, it's bad enough for when you live in Nashville, (laughs) having to, who you're going to go see on a given night, because there's all these great people playing on the same night. Or, you know, but most people don't have that problem. If you live in New York or Nashville or New Orleans, maybe, maybe LA. But uh, now everybody has to deal with that problem. You know, four different people are going to be online tonight at the same time, and who do you watch?
0: Yeah.
1: Patel's going to be on tonight. Uh, we're going to watch that. Okay, nice.
0: Very cool. All right. Well, Mark, thanks, thanks, heaps. Always lovely to catch up. And, um, talk gear and, and talk talk life in nashville and and what's what's new with you so thank you
1: well thanks so much for asking me matt and i'm um, glad you're healthy and i hope everybody you know is and i hope these all stay that, that way all
0: right that's michael ross from guitar modern premier guitar guitar player Et al what a what an accomplished guy I always love talking to him Always good fun, and uh, let's let's jump over now. Gavin Moore from Co Guitars, let's talk NAM stuff. Gavin Moore, welcome back to the Guitar Speak podcast. G'day, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks to it's good to be back. Excellent, excellent. Now we're uh, we're in uh, state and self-imposed lockdown, but there's still lots of gear to talk about, which is yep. which is always fun. Um, you haven't heard the Michael Ross part of the interview yet, but the joke is that he doesn't put his review out till April. Mine's not going to be out till April, maybe May. Um, but the idea is that some of this gear is not available yet anyway, so that's my excuse.
3: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw um, yeah uh, one of the products I looked at, and I said, um, "Yeah, to be advised when it's going to be released in Australia." So who who knows?
0: Yeah, especially stuff getting down here, big time, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what um what took your fancy this year? Let's um maybe we we'll start with guitars. Were there any guitars that
3: yeah, look. Um, the, I, I actually heard an interview with Slash on the on Jude Gold's podcast. Yeah, um, no guitar is safe, and he interviewed Slash about his new Les Paul standards. Yeah, uh, so which I heard oh, that came out what a month ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, heard that. So, That's
3: great. Um, did a bit of looking at them. They look great. I mean, you are going to pay for the privilege of owning one in this country. Uh-huh. I'd imagine in the in the vicinity of eight eight grand or up. But uh, geez, they look nice. Yeah. Yeah lovely bursts and um, I think it was four different bursts um, modelled on a couple of these different guitars um, but yeah they look really good and he had um, he had a couple of acoustic, J45 issue acoustics come out as well uh-huh. uh, and uh, yeah I mean the reviews look good and they sound good on YouTube anyway.
0: <laughs> yeah sure. The thing I love about the Slash Les Pauls and everyone's really open about this but of course the Appetite for Destruction Les Paul wasn't a Gibson it was a replica made by, made yeah. by Luthier.
3: Absolutely, yeah, I know, and that's that's the funny thing. He, jo- he actually jokes about that in the uh, in the Pod in <laughs> podcast about it. Yeah, it uh, just goes to show, mate, the uh, the name on the headstock is not everything.
0: No, no. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I saw the um. I like to look at the Fender lead. Do you, Do you remember those when they came out in the eighties?
3: Yeah, yeah. I've I've actually um I've actually worked on a few okay. in the last in the last year. The two two different uh, the lead two series. Those the humbuckers.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, they're great guitars, really, really good. Yeah, so very underrated. They, they never really took off, but um, no. they, they rock, they're really good.
0: So, when you say you've worked on some, do you mean like original ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah cool, nice,
3: yeah, yeah, late 80s. I think they were came out about 80 when did they come out? 80 geez, I'm scratching my head now. Um, I can't think of when they came out, but yeah, they'd be late 80s model. These were both the uh, the lead, lead series,
0: okay, lead,
3: yep. lead, the second series from memory lead twos, I think they were, okay. Yeah, I'm not really up on them, to be honest, but um, they were both fantastic
0: guitars. Yeah, cool. And that's like a Gibson scale on a on a Strat sort of...
3: Yeah, idea, smaller smaller body. And yeah, I think it had the, the smaller scale as well from memory, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I've just got a soft spot for them because I remember seeing a guy called Gordon Kennedy, who's a, a Nashville session guy um, playing, I think it was 1987 with a band called Whiteheart. And, um, okay, yeah. and he was wailing on one. I'd never seen one before and I'd never seen someone finger-tapping live yeah. Um, so, for two reasons, that, that gig was memorable.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, that's how they do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not a keyboard. Okay. Yeah. And oh, I think... For years and years, I could never work out how Steve Vai did the Flutter thing. Oh, you know, yeah, 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 but, yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, pre-YouTube and pre-all that, and yeah, I finally saw it on YouTube. <laughs> and I went,
0: Ah, oh. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> I know, man. It's hilarious, the stuff that's really obvious now. Yeah, but, but was, yeah,
3: no, those, those lead. I think there was a couple of different models, wasn't there? They, they re, reissued the ones, the twos with the single coils and the humbuckers, is that yeah, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I think the one this time around, the one they're calling the lead two's got the two singles and okay. the lead three's got two humbuckers. Right, okay, um, yep. Yeah, but they, they look they look kind of fun.
3: Yeah, you know, there was some um, funky, I think I saw, actually I saw a review in the, um, um, uh, well, mixed down mag, I think. Okay. Back. Yeah, they did they reviewed the leads. Then that's where I'd seen it. I knew I'd seen it somewhere. Yeah.
0: They've also reissued the HM strat. I don't know if that was for NAM, um, or if they've done it since, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it yeah.
3: talking yeah. about they, they definitely did, and they they're cool. I mean that's a uh, yeah, super strat. Yeah. Was, yeah, my idea of heaven in the uh the <laughs> mid to late
0: eighties. <laughs> yep. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> Very cool. Um if I go to the other extreme, have you seen any of the Novo guitar stuff?
3: No, no, I haven't. Um, I'd not even heard of them until you mentioned it uh-huh. last week when we were chatting um, by text. Uh, so I went and had a look. They look fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah, really cool.
3: The, uh, the finishes on them are uh, like aged relic finishes but look new if that makes any sort of sense at all. Mm, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they yeah really, really cool website as well.
0: Yeah, definitely, very yeah. vibey. Um, mm. I can't remember who originally um, came up with this. I think it was the guy from Fano Guitars.
3: Yeah, it, it is. It's that's the dude.
0: Okay. Yep.
3: Yeah, that's him. He he owns it and runs it. Yeah, it's in I think it's in Nashville, Memphis, American made. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I've been um, watching a YouTube channel. Um, the guy's name escapes me. Ah, oh, young guy, really great. Anyway. Never mind. He plays, <laughs> he plays and they're like, Oh, I want to give him a shout out, but I can't remember, but he's great. Anyway, not to worry. Um, any other guitars your end? Uh, I did like the,
3: um, the Tom Morello, uh, Strat.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like big rage fan and big, well more, not a uh, big rage fan, but big, uh, Tom Morello fan, both as a guitar player and as a human being. Uh-huh, yeah. I, I just, I just rate him and yeah, that, that looks really cool. Um,
0: that's the soul compound power.
3: Ra- yeah, compound radius, um, um, Yeah, noiseless single coils and a, um, I think a Seymour Duncan hot rails, locking tremolo. Yeah, obviously the kill switch. Yes. Um, yep. um, yeah, it just, it just looks the goods. It's just a really good-looking
0: guitar. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I hope he gets like, I don't know, I hope he gets warm wishes every time someone buys a switch to, to whack in their guitar and make a kill switch. Yeah,
3: yeah, I've done him. a few. I tell you. Yeah,
2: <laughs>
3: yeah, I've, I've fitted kill switches on the most weirdest guitars and in the weirdest positions. The kids, a lot of young kids want it. Okay. So yeah, dude, I can do that for you. No What's worries. What's the
0: weirdest guitar that's got a kill switch?
3: Thanks to you. Uh, yeah, I uh, just like, oh, I just. Guitars you wouldn't think it would be Tom Morello guitars. I guess any guitar can be anything. It's probably a dumb thing to say, but just these cheap little copy guitars that you wouldn't think remotely would play that kind of music. Okay, and yeah. you a, a kill switch put in it somewhere and you're like, yeah, I yeah, know. Awesome. <laughs> well, good
0: times. Yeah. Good times. Um, Reverend had a bunch of cool stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, they're, they're consistently great. The first time I played a, a Reverend was this year, actually, in January. Okay. My yep. mate of mine was looking for one, so we, we did a trip down to Better Music in Canberra. Right, yep. And um, played about a dozen reverends. That was so yeah. good, just consistently. Yeah, excellent.
3: yeah. Did they have the, um, the Greg Koch model?
0: Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah, I'd like to have a go at that. That looks... Uh... Pretty cool. Just that little bit bigger and um yes. I mean obviously he could make a bloody baseball bat sound unreal, but Yeah, true. Um <laughs> yeah, they just they look really well made and um just all the little things done right.
0: Yeah, definitely. That was that was a very cool guitar. Um okay. yeah. yeah. They're just yeah, consistently great. They have the I don't know about the signature models, but all the the rest of the line, they all have the same neck, same neck profile, same frets. Right, yeah. So it's like a twelve inch radius, median jumbo frets, just yeah. I was curious, I was like, how's that gonna work? What if you don't like this neck? You'll never buy a Reverend, but mm. it was so comfy. It's so it seemed like it's the good good shape most people could get on with. Yeah, um, cool. And did, did you uh, did your mate buy one? Yeah, he did, yeah. My mate James, ah. shout out to James. He got a what did you get? It looks it looks like a sort of like a telly but with a tunematic and he's put Gigsby okay. on. Yep. Yep. He had a pair of warhead um, humbuckers. Yep um but it's got with the base contour you could roll out the roll them out to feel a bit more single coily which worked really well i was, I was all right yeah i yeah' personally that's surprised a... with that feature yeah
3: I, don't, I can't say i know anything about that feature at all
0: it's it's yeah i think yamaha does something similar but it's um yeah instead of having a coil tap it rolls out a lot of bottom end yeah
3: oh sorry yeah i do know what you're talking about i have heard that
0: yeah. yeah, it's. Um, Chant, yeah.
3: Recently, someone was talking about it, and I hadn't heard of it. It was the first I'd heard of it. Sure. Anyway, I can't think what it was.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So, Reverend, they had a thing called the the one I, I like the best was called the the Warhead and had three P90s in there. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yep.
3: Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, they make the Reverend make their own pickups as well, don't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So some of them have the Warheads. Yeah. Um, and some of them, yeah, have their own their own in house. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah, they, they looked cool. Okay. They look cool. And yeah, I was a little bit um, over the fence already from having played a bunch of them and, and liked them. Okay. Yeah.
3: What about the, uh, as you've always got to have the novelty thing, I guess. I think the last one was the gold-plated uh, Ibanez Tube Screamer. That's
0: right. That was our
3: this, was our favourite. Yeah, all, this one, this year's favourite was the uh, the Coronation Signature Strat. Did you see that one? No. Nah. That was some dude had done. uh, All the custom shop guys in Fender got a chance to build their own guitar, Mm -hmm. and like I think they were just given, you know, carte blanche to to do whatever they wanted. And I don't know the full story behind it, but uh, basically this guitar was um, built inspired by the coronation egg, which was a, a present given to a Russian czar. And his bride in like the late 1800s, and it was like the Fabergé egg sort of thing, okay. with all the diamond inlays. And yeah. anyway, this this guitar is gold lilted and has like patterns, diamond patterns throughout in the neck everywhere. It's just totally and utterly over the top. <laughs> uh, and I think there was yeah for a small price of half a million US. Okay, um, you can grab one. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm sure, your local music shop will order one in for you if you ask nicely. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just want to try it out first. Can you just pull it? Out? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: But it did look cool, though. It did look cool.
0: Nice, nice. I like how there's there's always something crazy at, at these shows. That Yeah.
3: Um... Look, I think I think they've got to because, you know, at the end of the day, a guitar is a guitar yeah. and there's only so much you can push uh, the boundary, especially if your Fender and, and what you've got works. You yeah. know, you can't really, because the, the traditionalists won't, Go for it. So they've yeah. got to do, I think, something of that novelty. And there were some really cool guitars, really nice. A lot of them were just fairly standard but inspired by different people. And, um, yeah, there was a whole heap of them, that's for sure. But obviously all custom shop stuff, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Absolutely.
3: The quality The quality is awesome on the custom shop stuff.
0: Yeah. Any, um, any acoustics? I didn't really look at many acoustics. And I got no, a… No.
2: No, no, I didn't.
3: Besides, sorry, those two J forty five slash okay. ones I looked at. No, I didn't. To be honest, see a hell of a lot of um, of acoustic stuff coming through my feeds, and you know the usual YouTube and Insta yeah, sure, feeds. Yeah, sure.
0: yeah. To be honest, I don't know enough about acoustics to talk a lot about them anyway. So my natural yeah. bent is to. Although I've got I've got a nice maton um, yeah. that yeah. I've mainly played cowboy chords on. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Um, Look, there's there's. Um, Uh, yeah acoustic guitars have always baffled me i I love them and i've got a mate in 808 uh, michael fix
2: oh nice and
3: it's just oh it's a superb guitar um and but i think the 808s are awesome Uh, but i can never make it do what i want it to do but um
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's another world isn't
3: it yeah i saw chris chenny the other day on instagram did you see him just before he left la to come back and he was just diddling around on his 808 and he just makes it look like it's just so effortless. <laughs> just makes you want to throw it in the fire. <laughs> he just—I don't know what it is. Well, I know what it is. It's talent, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't see a hell of a lot. Um, uh, which is, may I guess, there was stuff released. I just didn't see it. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm kind of with you, as, as I said. Um, pedals? Any any pedals catch eye Um
3: Yeah. Look, there was a heap of pedals. A lot of. Um, uh, there's, again there's only so much you can push the boundaries with the, the same circuits and um a lot of the times i think people are hearing what they want to hear oh, That's just my opinion uh-huh. uh, there's there's a tube screamer circuit it's a tube screamer circuit yes you can tweak it and yes you can do things to it but um but yeah look, a lot of signature issue pedals different people putting their name on different pedals yeah. um i guess the the one i liked i mean i'm a bit of a wampler fan um oh yeah man that's, that's great um uh, I like. I've always liked Brian's stuff, and I actually used to interact with Brian back in the day, um, yeah, uh, the MySpace times and um, okay. pedal building day forums back in the early two thousands. Um, but he released that uh, that Terraform, yeah, which, yeah, which came with a big fanfare. They sort of hinted at it for a long time what they were going to do, yes. and, um, yeah, it looks unreal. It mm. looks really good. It's sort of like a, a Swiss Army knife of uh, modulation pedals. Uh, I can see it being a really good addition to a like a working guitarist's pedal board yeah if you wanted to stay that individual pedal route and not go multi effects yeah because it covers so many different um so many different um not genres but i guess different styles of you know your your standard modulation stuff your chorus your vibe uh it's got to have a uni vibe on it otherwise it's not worth it um (laughs) phaser tremolo rotary envelope filters all that stuff but this thing's got midi uh, and it's tap tempo for all of the effects, which I thought was a really cool thing because quite often now you'll set it for me, uh, I'll set a phaser or something like that. And it's just out of time with the song I'm trying to play along. Uh-huh. And my playing's bad enough at the best of times. I don't need that to uh, make me sound worse. So this, I think is a great idea. You can even your phases and your, your choruses and stuff and sort of bring them into a, a, a tempo that you're trying to play along with. And I think that's a, a really cool thing. Um, and it was tiny. It was really small. So when you, you know, if pedal space, real estate's a big thing, like it is for a lot of guys because yeah. you've got to carry stuff around. Yeah. Um, I was surprised how small it was. Um, but, yeah, it sounds really good, and they've simplified it to make it um, just easy to, to adjust on the fly, all the pedal, all the, sorry, the effects are all um, adjusted by the same five knobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can put an expression pedal on it to, you know, expand your um possibilities i guess but um you can run it the f- f- four cable method two cable method he's really and brian's big thing is he, he you know as a guitar player a working guitar player himself he sort of really thinks outside the box and, and delivers all the little things uh, and i think he's done a, a really good job on it yeah um, definitely a cu- couple of really good reviews on it pete thorne does a fantastic review on it on youtube uh-huh. um but yeah yeah that looks really cool i mean i don't i'm not into pedals anymore unfortunately i've gone fractal but um it would be a cool addition i think to a to a a pedal board yeah yeah
0: well what you mentioned about working guys who want to stick with single pedals um yeah there's a lot of functionality these days especially through midi and maybe people using switching systems and whatever so i'm definitely seeing that too
3: I think sometimes that scares people off, all that MIDI stuff. But once you get your head around it, the functionality of it is just, oh, yeah, it makes life so easy.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Especially, you know, like yourself, you're playing in a covers gig um, and you've got to cover a, a genre of different um, songs and styles the, yeah. even in with the of the one genre. Um, uh, it, yeah, it just works. Um, yeah. just works, Yeah
0: couple of pedals I saw which kind of fit into that as well are from um, Jackson Audio Works.
3: Yeah, yeah. He does good stuff, doesn't he? Great stuff,
0: yeah. yeah. They've been doing pedals for a few years, but for a long time they were just known like as a boutique amp company. Yeah. <laughs> and very popular doing, doing all that stuff. But um, yeah, they had a few new pedals this year, which um, had, had the MIDI in with a little USB MIDI. Yes, yeah,
3: yeah. So, he he was really pushing that that MIDI functionality and and doing it in ways i would not seen before as well, which was which I thought was outstanding.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he had the uh, well, this this name I think the, the the main ones were the El Guapo, which is probably maybe the greatest pedal name. Yeah, <laughs> if you're a Three Amigos fan, um, which was like a JCM eight hundred plus a some sort of boost in front of it. Yep. Um, but a lot of functionality, yeah. Like you could scroll through the different um, uh, clipping stages. Yeah, you yeah. That's what I MIDI thought was his really. Yeah,
3: yeah. Sorry, that's what I thought was his really cool take on it. Was the yeah. the MIDI stuff allowed you to um, bring in all these options for yeah for clipping diodes, your style of diodes, like your germanium versus just your silicon, um, and basically changing all those options on the fly with just a couple of clicks. Yeah. Um, yeah, sounded really good.
0: Yeah, awesome. Oh.
3: And he was uh what was the one that I saw was um name escapes me. It was Golden Boy.
0: Yeah, Is that it? yeah. Yeah, that's the, the Joey Landreth one?
3: Yep. Yeah, that, that really interested me. I thought that was really cool what he did with that.
0: Yeah, sounds more like a blues breaker with a with a boost. Yes,
3: yeah, blues breaker circuit. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd be interested awesome. to hear that in the flesh actually, because I've never I've heard heaps of people play blues, breakers, style pedals, obviously, you know, King of Tones and all that are all yeah. based on that, but I can never make them sound good. <laughs> uh, you know, I can't make anything sound good, but, um, I disagree, but yeah, obviously, obviously they work. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, i would be really interested to actually hear it in, in the flesh, actually, yeah.
0: Just just in brackets, I've heard you play. I, I don't agree with what you're saying, <laughs> no, for the record. You
1: disagree.
0: must have had too many beers that night, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah it's funny though certain pedals yeah you, know, yeah you know don't don't rock everyone's boat other ones other ones yeah, do that, but and that's
3: just, the beauty of pedals
0: yeah absolutely well like you said earlier on you know a lot of the circuits sound very similar with a few tweaks and i think people are going to sound like themselves it's just how they get there and what, what they want to do to get there
3: yeah yeah that's right i'm a yeah you know, we've talked about before i'm a big believer on you sound like you no matter who you are yeah, yeah. within reason you're a sum of your parts who you've listened to growing up who you listen to at the moment what that guitar in your hand feels like yeah you know, how the amp reacts with the guitar they're all the little things that add up to the you know to the recipe in the cake you know
0: yeah absolutely absolutely but, and that's what keeps it fun I think yeah,
3: yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But I um, in saying that, I will say that when when your tone is on, you definitely play better, you know. And you know, I don't, I know personally, if my tone's off for whatever reason. Yeah, there's just something in the back of my head going, "Oh, it's not right, it's not right, it's not right," um, and it drives me mental. Yeah, nights it's just on, and you feel like you can conquer the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, the other nights, you're just tweaking every second pedal you've got. <laughs> yes, didn't, yes. For Maybe sure. it's just a little bit more, and it's it's not. It's never that. It's just
3: <laughs> it's, it's just not working. Okay, plug straight in and play.
0: <laughs> hey, I like the look of the um the Pod Go. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, that did look good, didn't it?
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, it seemed like it was. I mean, Line Six have been going hard at it with the um the the stomp and the uh the HS effects a little bit yep before that i like the pod go because it seemed to have a lot of cool stuff you might like from a helix but not not all the bells and whistles but enough to make a lot of noise and if you wanted to yep. go out and gig with it, it had enough um foot switches whereas something like the the hs x stomp it's probably going to be integrated into a rig
3: yes yeah it's this would be do... more standalone you could do it all
0: yeah yeah, yeah i thought it was kind of cool
3: yeah and they, they did some really cool things too where they've um, obviously with, you know, line six, they've kept all the colors the same. So, you know, on line six, when you press a certain button, a certain color, you're going to yeah. get a certain effect, which is, uh, I think a good thing. Um, but they've done a, I think they did a good thing with the, uh, the, you can model the preamps and, um, amps separate. So you can just use it as a preamp. Yeah. Yeah. If you like the power amp, so you, you know, you run a, a Vox really loud or a Marshall really loud and you like that power amp, um, you can just use it as a preamp, um, yeah. And it yeah. gives you the ability to um, import IR, um, IRs as well. Yeah. Um, interface really cool. with you know um, USB so you can reamp with it. Uh, they're really, I think they've done a really good job on it actually. I mean, I'm a big fan of Line 6 these days. The quality might not have been there a while back, but um, they've definitely picked their game up and they do some great stuff at the moment. Really good.
0: Yeah, for sure. Funny you say about just using the preamp, I've got one of the old HD. Models. Um, yeah. I think it's HG 300, and I yep. don't I don't use the effects on it because you just can't access enough of them anyway. Well, right. For practice at home, I do, but if I've got a gig, sometimes I'll take that out. Okay. And just use one of the Marshalls that I've tweaked a bit. Yep. Fairly clean, and then I run my pedals into that. Yeah. And um, yeah, because my main gigging amp's more of a a Vox circuit, which is cool too, but sometimes running the Marshall preamp into the power section of that combo yeah. for me is, is really effective. So yeah, awesome. I mean, it's a big foot footboard, which I sit on top yeah. of my amp sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more of a dinosaur rig now compared to say if I had a HX stomp or a, a pod go to do something like that. But um, yeah, just the preamps themselves can be, can be really usable.
3: Yes. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cool, man. Anything else from your end?
3: Um, what else did I see? What I, uh, I'll tell you what I did like. Um, not personally for me. I don't think I'd, I'd need it or use it, but I thought it was a fantastic idea, um, was that was a, um, the Boss was a air guitar amp, headphones. Did oh, you see them?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen them. Yes. Yeah, what
3: a, what a cool idea. I mean, yeah. look, there's ways you can do that kind of stuff with other other things but this as a, as a total totally integrated package i thought was was very clever and I, like as a as a practice thing at home if you're again a kid and you're in your bedroom and mum and dad are yelling at you or, yeah. or you know you're not a kid and your missus is yelling at you to turn <laughs> it down um definitely but the ability of you know what's it got a massive amount of amps and um effects in it and um you can bluetooth your you stream from spotify into it and play along with stuff and um yeah really cool yeah, yeah. A, a great practice tool yeah
0: boss have just been smashing it for just a long time now a long time yeah. they seem to be uh, like a dad's a dad's pedalboard Company yeah, well, a while mate, ago, which is my generation anyway.
3: Yeah, like yeah, I loved them. They were the first one to come out with all the different colours. Yeah, I like
0: candy. Yeah, you
3: know? absolutely. Although I love all the colours. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But um, yeah, I guess when when the whole boutique craze kicked in, people saw Bosses kind of an older, an older guy's rig. But um, yes, they, yeah. But, but I don't know. For a long time, long time, they've been just smashing it with. The Wazza stuff, the Katana. The was
3: yeah, the Wazza stuff's really good. Yeah, it is fantastic.
0: Yeah.
2: Very
3: um, cool. At the end of the day, Satriani gig with a with a DS, a stock DS for a long, long time and he yes. sort of sounds okay. So
0: he goes all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's my take on it. <laughs> and um, is it Edom and Smile? Uh, the first David Lee Roth yep. record was uh, Steve I with a DS one. Yeah, into a marshal a lot of the time. Uh,
3: I was a yeah, it was a marshal. It was a hot rodded uh, Lee Jackson. Okay, marshal. Most of it, it was pretty much straight in. Okay. I know this because I saw. I saw being a nerd amp nerd that I am. I um I saw an interview with Lee Jackson and he was talking about exactly when it all happened. Yeah, anyway, yeah. that's another subject. But Not um real. yeah, that was um that was a pretty cool story actually. It was all on YouTube. You can go and find on YouTube. Cool um, oh, man.
2: Cool.
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, what was the other thing I saw quickly was the um, the victory, you know, the victory amps.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, the, yeah.
3: Dutch V four. Did you see that?
0: Yeah, I did. That looked awesome.
3: It did. Yeah. Again, all this um, this push towards portability and um, size, and um, yeah, again, a really cool idea. They've gone with a, you know, a tube, essentially, it's a tube preamp. Yeah. Um, and you run it into, you know, again. Well, it's got a Class D solid-state power amp and four preamp tubes in it. Um, and you can just run it into, uh, again, front of house, or you can run it into a speaker box, or you can do a couple of different things with it. But, again, as opposed to carrying, if you've got fly dates or things like that, yeah, you know, functionality is, is just awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, and, it, yeah, sound, the, the, yeah, you can run effects loops through it. and um, Well, yeah, they've, again, they've thought of all the different things. Um, and, it, yeah, it sounds, and it sounded, again, uh, you know, I'm only going on what I can hear on YouTube and, and um, online. But, um, yeah, it sounds phenomenally good. The Victory stuff sounds unreal.
2: Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, that stuff's rated as it is. So for them to come out with with that smaller, portable kind of idea is pretty cool.
3: Yeah. Again, a lot of that stuff seems to be heading in that direction um, as, a, as a trend, I think, which is – yeah, pretty cool. I like it. You know, like at the end of the day, we can't always play through, Yeah, you know, JCM 800s cranked. It just doesn't work. You yeah. Know? Unfortunately, yep. the, it's just not there for us to do it anymore. But, you yeah. know, we've just got to look at the different ways of doing um, the same thing.
0: Absolutely. There's good, I mean, there's people who bemoan that, that you can't rock out loud everywhere. And I I, do, I totally get that because, you know, like you and me, we're guitar players. <laughs> so it's, yeah. a, it's a given we would love to do that. But um, it's cool. There's more and more options these days. If you can't, or if you've got to work in with a certain, room yeah, or situation. and I think
3: now as technology gets better and better and better, the the uh, the gulf between obviously the the analog inverted commas analog circuits and the new modelling stuff um, is shrinking massively. Uh, in the in the days gone past, yeah, you could hear the difference, but yeah, you know, these days you can't. Yeah, so. definitely. Oh, I can't anyway. I can't hear. Um, there was one thing I didn't I didn't see much of it. It was the Kemper, uh, the cone DSB speaker. Did you see any of that? No, what's that? Yeah. No, look, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw little pieces of it and I meant to research it and yeah. I've just got it scribbled here. Um, it, it's like they've, they've come up with some sort of take on a, a speaker, but a modern speaker where you can – i guess import irs into it okay i I don't really know and then model the speaker as opposed to modeling the amp that's my take on it but the idea sounded really intriguing um but i don't know whether they actually released it at Nam or they just sort of hinted at it okay but again that was sort of something like my ears picked out because i thought that's different that's taking technology in it another totally different direction. Yeah, interesting. But, yeah, so, you know, you are You can have a cabinet that you can then model. You know, wow, that's it's a real cabinet, and you can yeah. mod, you run a real amp into it and then model it. Yeah, another way of doing something, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Kemper's interesting in that if you put them up against um, Fractal and Line 6, if they were the three big digital guys, arguably, um, Kemper's the only one who have a powered head version of their Yes. Of their amps, yes. so you you do okay. see a lot of guys taking them out. Um, I was just uh, I just actually interviewed Eric Peterson from Testament, and I heard. Okay. And for those guys, they're um, uh, Alex Skolnick as well. They're, they're yep. just lugging campers everywhere. I mean, lots of people are, but they're they're taking the powered one, right? Because okay. they still want to run some speakers on stage. Yeah. Um, as well as sending front of house their their nice okay. clean camper tone. Yeah, right, okay.
3: Yeah. yeah it's it's good stuff. Like I said, I'm I'm more for it, you know. Yeah, even I am a tube amp guy. No, I wear my heart in my sleeve, but yeah. uh, I love the technology. I think it's fantastic and and bring it on, you know. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's get better yeah. and, and cheaper and
0: keep pushing the envelope. Absolutely. I I say this all the time, but it's a pretty good time to be a guitar player.
3: Yeah, oh, the best. Yeah, <laughs> it looks best. Yeah. Unless maybe maybe in the early '50s, if you could have just grabbed a couple of those cheap strats that no one really wanted back then yeah. and put them aside, that might have been a better time. But might have been good.
2: <laughs>
0: true, man. Gav, thanks heaps. It's always fun catching up. And uh... yeah, mate, thank you for the
3: opportunity. Yeah, my, my pleasure. It's good
0: to chat. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yep. So this is our informed armchair discussion.
3: From... Absolutely, from... armchair experts at their best. Yes. <laughs>
0: Excellent. And what's happening with coat guitars at the moment? Yeah,
3: look slow at the moment, unfortunately. But um, yeah, there's a bit of work. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, still tinkering along in the garage. Yep. Uh, enough to keep me busy while I, I've been stood down from my real job, inverted commas, for the next six months or so. Yeah,
0: fixing uh, aeroplanes.
3: Fixing aeroplanes. Not, not a need for fixing aeroplanes much at the moment, unfortunately. Oh, that's true. That's true. So just fixing guitars. Uh, yeah, you got a few. Got a couple of old Gibsons and old Martins and uh, double bass and. Yeah, enough to keep me busy.
0: Yeah. yeah, good to hear. Good to hear. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Thanks, Gav. All right, that wraps it up, Nam, from the inside and outside. That's the Guitar Speak Podcast Nam wrap up. My huge thanks to Michael and Gav for both joining me. It's always fun talking with both of those guys. Hey, why not head over to Guitar Modern, check out all of Michael's happenings there, and you can find Coke Guitars on Facebook and Instagram. You can follow some of the cool stuff that the Gav's been fixing, repairing, building, whatever. And if you live in the Sydney area, he is highly recommended. Alright, my name's Matt Wakeling, you've been listening to the Guitar Speak podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time. Bye now.